Welcome to Epiphany Fellowship's podcast, where our goal is to see people everywhere show off the glory of Christ in every area of life. We pray that you are blessed and encouraged by today's message and will allow the Word of God to dwell in you richly. Amen, amen, amen. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Happy Father's Day. We just want to extend a special uh, special uh, thank you and uh, to all of our fathers out there. So if, uh, if you are a father, uh, we say we love you. God bless you. May you feel celebrated today. Uh, may you feel the warmth of love today. Even if you're grieving out there, you may be grieving for a number of reasons as a father today. Today may be a hard day for you, but God sees you. Our Lord sees you. Your father who is in heaven sees you. We see you. And we just want to give a special, special acknowledgement to you and to all of the fathers who are celebrating today or whatever season of fatherhood you find yourself in. We are just praying that it would be a day that the Lord would draw near to you and that you feel appreciated and valued uh, by your friends, by your family, and by, by your, your, your church family. So again, we say welcome, uh, and we say thank you to all of the fathers. Make sure y'all make them a great big old breakfast this morning. Make sure they get their favorite steak or, 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 or you know lasagna, something on the grill for dinner. Uh, but, but let's celebrate our fathers today because they are impactful and influential in our lives, in our families, and in our communities. So I say welcome. Uh, if you would, I know we don't normally do this because you guys are at home, but why don't you stand with me at home as we prepare to read the Word of God this morning? I'm excited uh, to speak to uh, our fathers today with the Father's Day message. Uh, it's a practice. Don't, don't check out on me, though. If you're not a father, don't check out on me. I want you to, to stay tuned in because prayerfully, by God's grace, there's a word here for you as well. But, but I want to address uh, uh, the men who are fathers today. Today. So if you would stand with me, open your Bibles to uh, Psalm, the book of Psalms, chapter 128, uh, which you'll find on the screen if you don't have it right in front of you. Uh, the book of Psalms, chapter 128, here's the word of the Lord. It says this, it says, how happy is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. You will surely eat what your hands have worked for. You will be happy and it will go well for you. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house and your children like young olive trees around your table. In this very way, the man who fears the Lord will be blessed. And may the Lord bless you from Zion so that you will see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life and will see your children's children. Peace be with Israel. If I could talk from the text today, uh, based on the title, The Byproduct of a Blessed Dad. The Byproduct of a Blessed Dad. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, God, for this day. We thank you for the, the moments throughout the year where we get to make much of a special group of people. And today that happens to be uh, those of us who are fathers. The responsibility and the weight of fatherhood is heavy but not unbearable and God you have given us the grace to be able to do it and to do it well and so God I pray for the strength of every man under the sound of my voice who has the mantle of fatherhood placed upon him maybe he feels like he has not done it well thus far 
Maybe he has been exceptionally well in this particular area. Maybe he's looking forward to the day where he will get to the opportunity to be a father. God, no matter where uh, that man finds himself, I pray that he would be encouraged by your word today, that he would feel the blessing and the weight of the influence that you've placed on the man in the family. And God, would you give your servant today the grace to be able to communicate clearly your word, to communicate it with love and with passion and with power. God, we pray in Jesus' mighty name. If you agree with that, say amen, amen, and amen. The byproduct of a blessed dad. You know, I can, uh, I can tell that I'm in a new season of life because I'm at a point where I really care about what my grass looks like. It's just a, it's, it's, it's a, it's a different season uh, now because every time I walk outside of my house, I, I look over at my neighbor's lawn and all I see is how plush it is. I, I see how full it is. I see how, how green it is. And, and, and listen, my, my lawn isn't terrible, but, but, but it ain't like my neighbor's lawn. And so, so I've, I've been doing some research on my own and, and talking to, to some of my friends whose lawns have the plush ability that I desire for my own lawn. And, 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 and both in my own research and in talking to my friends, there are, there are some instructions or suggestions that remain somewhat consistent throughout what I've been hearing. One of the things that I'm hearing is that it, 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 takes, it takes time. It's going to take time. And something else I've heard is that, is that, that, that you have to know what kind of grass you have, what kind of specific grass you have. You have to know the uniqueness of the grass and, and how it grows and, 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 and what, what certain benefits it needs because not, not all grass grows the same. And so you, you need to know what type of grass you have so you can know how to properly treat the grass. And, 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 and one of the other things that I'm learning is that your lawn may need some aeration. Aeration is where... They come out and they, they put little holes, they dig little holes throughout your, uh, your, your lawn. And these little small holes, what they do is they allow air and, and water uh, and nutrients to get down into the soil so that the, the roots grow deep, right? Uh, but, but you also have to make sure that you water your lawn regularly. You know, I've got a sprinkler system, and, I, and I've been in my home for a year now, and we've never turned the sprinkler system on. And I know eventually I've got to get that sprinkler system turned on so that it can water my grass regularly, because otherwise I can do a whole bunch of other things. And if I don't water it regularly, it's not going to help. One of the other things that I, that I noticed or, or that I read up on is that you can't cut the grass too low. If you cut grass too low, it, it, it potentially could remove the stems and cause nutrient deficiencies in the grass. And then lastly, which I think is very, very telling, is that some areas of the lawn will require more of your attention. There, there, there are some points in my grass where I know there are patches and I see less grass and more dirt. And, and though I might have uh, one particular area that has a little bit of plush ability, I, I step over to this side of the lawn and, and I don't see green, I see brown. And I, and I see dried up grass and I see dirt. And, and, and so they, they tell you it, it's okay that some areas of your lawn may require more of your attention. Sim simply put, 
There is an expectation when, when it comes to lawn care, when it comes to me wanting to get my lawn to look like my neighbor's lawn, there is an expectation of investment on my part that is required, me, required of me, that, that, that I have to be willing to put in in order to reap the benefits of the desired objective. Now, now when, when, it, when, it, when it comes to parenting, when it comes to being a dad, as a dad, there are some, some objectives that you have for your children. Because a, a, a dad, the inference of being a dad is, is that, that you, ha you have a certain level of influence and investment in the life of your child and that you are, uh, uh, you are present and active enough in that child's life that you have some goals, that you are a part of the raising and building up of that child so that you can present that child at the end of their childhood life and say that I've invested this into you and I can tell by some measurable uh, goals that you've reached where I desire for you to reach. So, so what, what, what is the desired objective as you think of yourself as a, as a father, as you think of yourself as, as a dad and you think about the role, you think about the responsibility that you have uh, towards your children, what is the desired uh, objective? Well, I, I would say this, I would say the primary responsibility of a parent it's not to raise a straight-A student. It's not to raise a socially conscious justice warrior or an otherworldly athlete, but the primary responsibility is to raise a child who genuinely fears God and absolutely loves people. That, that's your pride. Listen, good grades is, is great. Be, ha, having a, having a, a, a child who's an incredible athlete is phenomenal. Having a, a consciously aware child who, who wants to fight for justice is awesome. But all of those things don't matter if they don't love God and don't love people. So that's the primary objective, and, 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 and I really believe here while, you know, in Psalm 128 that, that this psalm gives us a framework to understand how fathers can best position their children to arrive at the end goal, at the objective. Now this, this psalm, Psalm 128, is a, is a song of ascent. It was, it's, a, it's a wisdom psalm that, uh, that would be sung by the pilgrims as they made their way up to Jerusalem. They would sing these psalms and celebrate uh, a, a number of religious festivals on the way. Uh, and, and they would sing them on the way to Jerusalem while they were going to Passover or while they were headed uh, to the Feast of Weeks or the Feast of, of Tabernacles. And, and these wisdom psalms would be instructive reminders for the people of God about what constituted right living and right faith. L listen to me. As they sung these psalms, uh, on their way to Jerusalem, they were being reminded by the instruction of the Psalms about what constituted for the people of God right living and right faith. Now, 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 now listen, that, that means that the Apostle Paul didn't originate uh, uh, the correlation between right living uh, or, or, or orthopraxy and right faith orthodoxy uh, when he told Timothy to watch his life and his doctrine. The, for, for the people of God, there has always been a correlation between the importance of what we believe 
and how what we believe should influence the practical day of the lives that we live. Meaning that, that as, we, as we read wisdom psalms, like one, uh, Psalm 128, we should regularly be challenged with making sure that we believe what God believes and that we're putting into practice the things that he says we need to put into practice based on what he's now downloaded into our souls about what we need to believe is true. I say that, 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 that's good because it teaches us then what God values about the family. It teaches us the, the, the roles and the, the importance of, of the responsibilities that we have and how it's supposed to play out in, in, in daily life. And that, that brings me to my, my first and only point for us this morning. Then I, then I promise I'm, I'm, I'm out your way. I know all black preachers say that, but I mean it today. I mean it this morning. First point, it, 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 the blessed man and those in his immediate care prosper because he delights in centering his life on God and his word. I, I, I'm going to say it one more time for you. I want you to get this. The blessed man and those in his immediate care prosper because he delights in centering his life on God and his word. Look, 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 look with me at, at verse one. It says, oh, how happy is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. Now, now the first thing I, I want you to notice is, is that there's, there's this idea of fear of the Lord that sticks out in verse 1 that, that you also see later on in verse 4. In verses 1 and verse 4, you see the inclusion of this phrase, uh, the one that fears the Lord. In verse 1, it says, how happy is everyone who fears the Lord. In verse 4, it says that the man who fears the Lord will be blessed. And it creates for us a bracket around these first four verses of Scripture that let us know that the theme of what is going to be talking about is that the, the fear of the Lord, the man who has the fear of the Lord, it produces something. There, there, there is something that, that is produced because of his fear of the Lord. There are some tangible uh, 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 elements of relational blessing that happen because of his fear of the Lord. Now, what, 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 what does it mean to fear the Lord, as verse 1 says, and to walk in his ways? Now, we know that it says that happy is the man or blessed is the man who fears the Lord and who walks in his ways. But, but, but uh, and so for many of us, we might say, well, okay, I, I want to be blessed. I, I, I want to be happy. Well, well, we have to understand that, well, if I want to be blessed and I want to be happy, then I need to know what it means to fear the Lord and walk in his way. I, I, I like what some of the psalm says. It says, Psalm 31, 19, it says that goodness is stored up for the man who fears the Lord. It says that, that, though, that the fear of the Lord in Psalm 111, 10, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It says that, that, that those who, in, in, in Psalm 112, 1, it says that those who fear the Lord take great delight in his commands. It, it says in, in Proverbs 8, chapter, chapter 8, verse 13, it says that, that those who fear the Lord hate evil. See, this, this idea of fear of the Lord or, or this idea, this concept of what it means to fear the Lord, uh, fear 
means to, to have an awe, a, a reverent respect, or an honor. It's a, it, 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 it signifies uh, and has synonyms of the act of love, or it means to, to, it, to cling to or to serve. It, it denotes divine obedience uh, or obedience to the divine will. I, I like how Dr. Tony Evans just simply puts it. He, sa- he says, to fear the Lord means to take God seriously. It, 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 means, it means that when, when you read the word of God, when you see the person of God expressed through the word of God, that you take his character seriously. So when God says that he hates this, that, and the third, then guess what the man who fears the Lord does? He says, man, well, you know, wisdom, it's wisdom to fear the Lord. Uh, and so what I'm going to do is, regardless of how I may think, about this, that, and the third, because God hates this, that, and the third, I am now going to willingly subject myself to his way of thinking about things, right? And and it also means that when we read God's word and we see particular instructions about how we are to live, that we take God seriously enough to say, I know I may have been tripping. I know I may have a a different thought disposition about that particular thing uh, in the past, but because I follow Jesus Christ as Savior, because I am a blood-bought disciple of Jesus Christ, it, di- it doesn't matter what I used to think. It doesn't matter what I used to do. Wisdom says and fear of the Lord says that now because I'm a follower of Jesus, I will do what he does and what he wants me to do. It says fear, fear of the Lord takes God seriously. It takes God at his word. He says, now, now the, the blessed man is, the blessed man or the, the happy man is, is one who takes God seriously uh, because he has the fear of the Lord, but he also is one who walks in his ways. Now, it's interesting the correlation between this, this first verse in, in Psalm 128 and in the beginning of the Psalms in chapter, chapter 1, verses 1 through 2. And, 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 and there, the, he uses a, a similar idea when he talks about walk. And, and to walk in his ways, means it means to delight in the law of the Lord. It means, and, and, and to, to, to delight means that there's a high degree of gratification or joy, or, or it means to be extremely satisfied, to, 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 to engage in something that gives great pleasure. But, but, it, but it also doesn't just mean delight. To walk in his ways also means that he meditates. What does the psalmist say in Psalm chapter 1? That he meditates on his word day and night. It means that he reads it carefully that he studies it, that he pours over it, that he's familiar with the word of God. He's so familiar with the word that it has now been uh, engrafted onto onto his mind. It has now been uh, uh, stuck into the crevices of his heart, so much so that he, uh, what does the psalmist say in in Psalm 119? He says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against it. How can a young man keep his way pure? He keeps it according to your word. See, the, the man who fears the Lord takes God seriously and walks in his way by delighting in God's word, meditating on, his, on God's word so that he knows how to walk. You can't walk if you don't know how to walk. 
And walking with God requires a particular type of walk. You can't say you walk with the Lord and walk any old type of way. No, 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 no. There are certain steps that God has that he wants you to walk in with him. He says, he says that, that the man who's blessed, the man who's he's happy, that he, he, he fears the Lord. He takes God seriously and he walks in his ways. It's interesting once we get to verse 2, it says, it says that now there, there are some, some of the, the you know, verses uh, 2 and 3, you get to some of, the, uh, some of the practical, some of the tangible benefits. Now, how do we see the blessing? Like, what, what does the blessing, what does it look like now to be blessed? Now, we, we, we said that the man is blessed as a result of his fear of the Lord and as a result of his walking in the ways of God. Uh, but, but what does that blessing look like? How, how do we know, how can we tell that the man actually is blessed? Well, well it's, it's interesting because the psalmist says that in verse 2, you will surely eat what your hands have worked for. So one of the ways that, that the psalmist describes how, what this blessed man's life looks like is that he will reap the result of his work, that there's a, there's a personal benefit. There is some, there is some uh, when the blessed man puts his hand to the plow, guess what? There is fruitfulness produced and he's able to enjoy it personally. It's very different than, uh, than, than, uh, than what uh, Solomon describes in Proverbs uh, chapter 5, where he talks about how we, you know, the man who sows uh, into the street or into another man's field, that, that, um, that, that, that the foreign woman takes all of his strength. This, this, is, this is not that where somebody else gets the blessing of your labor. Somebody else gets the blessing of your work. Here, the psalmist is saying that when, when you put your work in, when you, when you put your hands to the plow, that, that you receive the benefit, you get out what you put in. And, and, and not, everybody else, it's a, not everybody else is receiving the benefit of your work of your investment, of, of your uh, deposits, but you get the benefit of it. Growth and fruitfulness that you will eat of the, the, the hand. Uh, uh, you will eat what, what you've worked for and, and what is produced will bring you joy. Look, look what it says. It says, it, says, it says you will be happy and it will go well for you. That, that what you deposit, what you invest, not only will you be able to personally benefit from, but it will bring you joy. But, but, but look even more closely what it begins to outline in, in, in verse 3. It says that, 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 that uh, your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children like young olive trees around your table. What, what does that mean? It, it means that the influence of the blessed man on his home is invaluable. Now, now, now th this is interesting because in this text, it's talking about the nature of the blessed man's character and disposition towards his spiritual life. That he fears the Lord and walks in his ways. That the blessed man has a commitment to the word of God and to uh, living a life of integrity before God and before people. And when he does that, guess who is the recipient 
of, of the product of his blessing, his, his home is. That, 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 listen, listen, when you spend regular time with the Lord and, and, and you, you know, you know, you ever been around somebody and every time they talk, you, they don't even got to be talking about spiritual things, but every time they talk, they just, they just drip Jesus because they've spent so much time around them and their wisdom is just so wise and, and the, they, they have humility and they have understanding, they're patient and they listen well. And, and there's the type of character, you can tell a man who is just, who's intimately in love with Jesus, who's, who's committed to doing God, things God's way, the way God has set his world up to operate. And, and, and so he says, man, listen, when you're the type of man who is serious about the things of God and, and you take seriously his word and his word is influencing and impacting every single area of your life, meaning to walk in his ways means that, that, when, that you hold the same uh, value to how God defines work on your job. That means that, that you, you, you don't just ignore the, uh, the corpus of scripture outside of your Bible study time or outside of the time that you spend in church or church activities. That means, oh, oh man of God, that on your job, you know what it looks like to be a good steward of your time when no one's watching. That on your job, you know what it means to be in a, a good, faithful employee. That means that you're not uh, 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 running around gossiping and, and tearing down the leadership all the time or always complaining and not knowing how to serve and do your work joyfully. It means that in your marriage, uh, sometimes you, you, you got to come home and be willing to serve even though you're tired. You got to be willing to invest in the relationship that you have with your wife. You got to buy her flowers uh, and, and, and buy her chocolates and, 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 and take her on dates and pursue her heart and ask her how she's doing and know what's going on in her life. Know the things that she's concerned about. It, it, it says that with, with your children, you need to know what's going on in their lives. And the only time you're having conversations with them shouldn't be when you're disciplining them. It means that in your sex life, there is purity and there is self-control. It means that you're a, a willing servant in the local church. It, it, mean, it means that you're applying every single, that you're a good steward with your money and you're not just buying things that you don't need to floss before the world. It, 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 says, it says if you're a man of God that takes seriously the things of God, that, that when you do that, not only do you reap the benefit of that, but the people in your home do. Look what it says about your wife. It says, it says that your wife will be like a fruitful vine. I mean, see, she's, she's healthy. She's, she's where she should be. She, she, she is not uh, she, she is not detached in the home, but she is fully embracing the role that God has given her in the home and willingly submits to your leadership and your authority because you're a man worth following. See, your communication is good because you're a patient and loving listener who, who values what she brings to the table. That's, that, that she doesn't have to argue or wonder about your spiritual worldview because she knows that you spend time in your word and you, you regularly have conversations with her about how to apply biblical principles to the world that you're currently living in. That she knows that you love people, that you're not selfish with your time, that you don't use your authority to dominate and domineer and manipulate her. It says your wife is fruitful. 
It, it says, but it says, it says within your home or, or, or some translations uh, would, would say like uh, uh, in, in the center, uh, in the heart of your house. It, it means that, that, that your wife is where she, she should be, that she's at a seat of influence and, 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 and a seat of, of, of purpose and, and, and she's flourishing there because you're a man who fears God and walks in his ways. And then what it says, it says, it says not only your wife, but maybe, maybe you're a father right now and you're not married. And you say, well, that doesn't apply to me. But, but look, look what it says. it says. It says, then your children are like uh, young olive trees around your table. When it says in your house and around your table, these are the most intimate of relationships uh, that the psalmist is talking about. And he's saying, when you are, when you are healthy and when you are stable and when you know, not only know the things of God, but when you practice the things of God, guess what? Everyone in your sphere of influence is blessed because you are blessed. I, 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 I love it. I love that idea. I love that idea because, because blessing, you know, a lot of times when we talk about blessing, we, 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 we have this false notion that blessing only has to do with us. But, but that's not what blessing is. Blessing means that you have the capacity to experience, enjoy, and extend the goodness of God in your life. Meaning that it is for you, blessing is for you to experience and enjoy, but blessing doesn't just stay with you. God blesses so that you can extend the goodness of God in your life to be impactful to the life of somebody else. And what better way than the immediacy of the intimacy of your family relationships? And so, man, man of God, guess what? Being a great father means that, that you are blessed and you need to, you, that, that you need to work towards being a man who fears the Lord and walks in his ways so that you can, so you can receive and experience the goodness of God, the blessing of God, the wisdom of God in your life. Because when that happens for you, then, 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 then your wife, your children, your home receives the overflow of that blessing. They, they get the residual of that blessing. And it, and it helps them to flourish in ways that they wouldn't be able to flourish if you weren't where you were supposed to be. You know, can I, can I be honest? Can I, can, I, can, I, can I keep it a bean with us right now? You know, what, one of my pet peeves is, one of my pet peeves is seeing men with potential and seeing their families, their children and their wives and wondering how much further along their family would be if they would mature and get themselves together. Listen, I don't want this to be a beat-up session, but man, we have to ask ourselves, oh, is, is our wife, is my wife as healthy as she could be because I'm as healthy as I could be? Is my wife as mature as she could be because I'm as mature as I could be? Am I, am I holding my kids back because of my immaturity? Am I holding my family back from what God has for us because of my immaturity? And you might look at that. You might hear me right now, and you might, might want to just throw off what I'm saying and say, well, that's not fair. But guess what? God has placed on the shoulders of you, man of God, the responsibility, the authority to be able to carry the burden of leadership. You can't want to, the leadership without the criticism. It says, God didn't call your wife. God didn't call your children. You have the privilege of influence. So 
See, that, 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 that position of being a father, being a man in the home, affords you influence that doesn't exist anywhere else. See, the problem is oftentimes that our families, our families leave the home, our wives leave the home, our children leave the home looking for the very thing that God has given us to invest in them. So he says, he says, he says the wife says the wife is fruitful. The kids are like olive shoots, and they they are prosperous. They are healthy. They are vibrant. They are where they're supposed to be because of your investment, your presence, your investment, your commitment to God and His Word. He says your home, your home flourishes because of your influence and your investment. Listen to me. Listen to me right now. I'm I'm telling you right now. Your influence and your investment matter. It, It matters for the health of your home. It matters for the vibrancy of your marriage. It matters for the security that you offer to your children and the safety that they find in you. See, I, I know some of us said, men. I, listen, I, I'm, I, uh, I'm not anywhere near the finish line. I'll be honest with you. I stand here. I'm, I'm preaching this, yes. Uh, but but I, I'm, I'm a man who, uh, who, who, who could step up in some areas as a father and as a husband. So, so you, you know, may, may, don't, don't hear me berating you and, and beating you down, man of God. Right? But some of us struggle with laziness. Some of us struggle with taking the initiative in our homes and where we passively allow life to just happen. Some of us come home from work and physically and emotionally isolate ourselves in our man caves and expect to be served and expect to be respected and expect to be loved. So some of us defer our parenting responsibilities in the marriage or with a co-parent to the mother of the children, where we only show up when it's time to discipline. Some of us lack the commitment to discipline in our spiritual lives. But listen, my brothers, this, this, is, this, is, this is a key point, and it's, it's so important for you and it's so important for you to get this for the good of your family your family thrives when you thrive listen to me your family thrives brother when you thrive when you are healthy guess what it some of you may be but listen pastor kurt i feel like i'm healthy and, and my wife and my kids, they just not following suit. I'm, I'm telling you, listen, listen to me, brother. When, when, when you're really healthy, it encourages health in those who are following you. When, 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 when you take responsibility for your actions, guess what? It encourages accountability for those who follow you. When you are peaceable in your home, guess what? It encourages peace. When you are kind and loving and patient in your home, guess what it does? It encourages love, 
patience and kindness in your home. I'm not saying that, 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 that everything that your wife and your children do is your fault. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying, though, is that your health is paramount to their health. That you, as a man, as a father, as a husband, have to take responsibility for making sure that the influence that you're truly having is a genuinely godly fear of the Lord influence that pervades every single area of the life of your home. You know one of the things, you know one of the things that you can do? This is scary, what I'm about to suggest that you do. This is scary, but, but guess what? Real men do this. Go to your wife. Go to your children even if they're young, go and sit before them. And don't, don't come up, don't, don't, don't enter this conversation with a rebuttal. You need to resolve in your spirit not to say a word. But you need to go to them and you need to ask them, listen, I, I want an honest assessment from you. Where am I failing right now? Can you tell me that? Can, can you be honest? Listen, no penalty, no anger, no conflict. Where am I failing right now? And then ask them, where, where, where am I succeeding? Where am I having success right now? What am I doing well as a dad? What am I doing well as a husband? What am I doing well co-parenting with you? And be honest and be open for that critique and that assessment because when you know, when you know, not what you think you know about how you're killing it, but when you know the assessment that's coming from those who are impacted by your influence and your investment, then you can really begin to, to make some decisions. You can make some changes. You can be honest with yourself and say, you know what? If, if they're seeing these gaps that I'm not seeing, then maybe I need to take a look at that. Look at verse 4. It says, it says in this very way, in this very way, the man who fears the Lord will be blessed. That that. The blessing, the blessing is seeing the health and the vibrancy in your home. That, that the blessed man is the man that can look at the growth he's experienced in his own personal life and the investment that he has made into the lives of his closest intimate relationships and find health, joy, and peace. Can you do that, man of God? When you look at your own personal life and the growth that you should be experiencing and the growth that your family is experiencing, when you look at your closest intimate relationships, the responsibilities that you have in these close intimate relationships, do you find joy and health and peace? Verses 5 and 6, it says that the may, may the Lord bless you from Zion so that you will see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life and you will see your children's children. What I love about this is that this is communicating that what has been cultivated in your home now contributes to the health, joy, and peace of the entire community. That what you cultivate in home, when you raise up godly seeds, young men and young women who grow up in an environment that has love, joy, peace, forgiveness, patience, kindness, self-control, when they see the fruits of the Spirit active in your life, when they see the love that you show to your wife, like when they, when they grow up that, when they grow up with honest conversations, when they grow up knowing how to apply God's Word to the daily practical issues of life, when they grow up that way, guess what you're doing? You're allowing them and preparing them for going out into the world and having a positive impact for the kingdom of God so that they're a blessing to your family 
family, not only your family, but to your neighborhood, not only to your neighborhood, but to your city and to your state and to the world. The bedrock of the family rests on the man of God displaying and walking in the fear of the Lord so that he can raise up other image bearers, other young men and young women who grow up in the same type of healthy, joyous, loving, godly environment so that they are now contributing what has been deposited into them, the investment that's been made in them because you have been blessed because of your faithfulness and commitment to walk with the Lord. Guess what? They now get to extend that. Because that blessing, right, that, that fear of the Lord, blessed is the man who fears the Lord. And in, in this very way, the man who fears the Lord is blessed. Guess what? That blessing means that it, you've extended it to your wife, extended it to your children, extended it to, to, to the, the person you're co-parenting with. And guess what? When those children raise up, guess what? That extension continues to the rest of the world. Listen, brothers, I, 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 I'm, I have five things I want to share with you that I'm going to get out the way. I have five, five musts that we need to be aware of to maximize our influence and our investment as fathers. Number, number, number one, prioritize your spiritual growth and emotional health. Prioritize your spiritual growth and emotional health. Simply, you can't give your children what you don't have. You can't expect for your children to grow into these mature Christian followers of Jesus Christ. You can't expect your children to be emotionally stable if you're not emotionally healthy, if you're not spiritually disciplined. If you don't care about the things of God, why do you expect to raise a child who cares about the things of God? He says, so you, so you, you, you need to take, some, take some, some notes, take some inventory. Where am I really at spiritually? Am I where I'm supposed to be? And if I'm not, is that hindering, is that hindering my impact as a father? If, if I'm not where I'm supposed to be emotionally, if, if every little thing causes me to fly off the handle, if I'm emotionally detached to the point where I can't engage in, in hard conversations with my children, maybe I need to take some inventory of how I can grow in those particular areas. Prioritize your spiritual growth and emotional health. Number two, your sex life matters. You know, Pastor Kurt, what, what does this have to do with me being a father? What does this have to do with my impact as a, as a dad? What, what does my sex life have to do with anything? Let me, let me tell you something. Your sex life is the easiest way to lose credibility in your home. He says, because guess what happens when you as a father are consistently watching pornography, enslaved to your passions and your lusts. What happens as a father, as a single dad, when your sons and daughters see you uh, 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 with woman after woman after woman? What, what happens, uh, married man, when, 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 when they, they see dad step out on his wife? Your sex life is one of the easiest ways uh, to impact your children negatively so that they remember, you know, I, I remember my dad wasn't faithful to my wife. I remember my, 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 my dad, he was, just a, he was just a lustful, creepy dude. My dad acted like he had it all together, but he really didn't. My dad used to shame me 
for some of my struggles with sexual sin. I thought I could be honest with him. And then I found out he was struggling with the same thing I was, but he berated me and didn't have empathy with me. So your sex life married matters. And, 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 and married men, like your, your, kids, your kids need to see the uh, healthy aspects of a, of a sex life. They, they need to see, you know, my, my kids, they get, they get tired of seeing me and my wife hug each other and kiss each other and touch each other. And they run around the house all the time, ew, ew. And they try to come over and break us up. But guess what? They need to see that. They need to see a husband who's in passionate pursuit of his wife. They, they need to see that love. They need to see that affection. Because in, in their minds, there's no question about where their dads, where their father's affections lie, where his mind is going. So prioritize your, spirit, your spiritual growth and your emotional health. Your sex life matters. L- l- listen, here, number three, be known for how you serve. See, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a great way to have impact and influence in your home is when your children, when those in your immediate circle, your wife, your children, whoever it may be, when, when they see you willingly serve and do it joyfully, when they see you take the initiative to help without being asked, without being reminded over and over again, but when they see you take the initiative to serve and to help, when they, they see you embrace the sacrificial lifestyle of service, guess what, this, it's, it's going to influence and impact them. It's going to ask them questions like, man, like, man why, am I, why am I so selfish with my time? Man, my dad's not selfish like that. Man, my, you know, when they see you serve, they see you work hard, when they see you go out of your way to help others for the benefit of others, it creates an environment of service in the home. Number four, Regularly encourage your children. Fathers, we have to learn how to affirm our children regularly. Affirm them in their accomplishments, no matter how small. And, and, and even making sure that, that we are aware of age-appropriate uh, uh, um, accomplishments. For little kids who do something, we, we need to make those funny faces. Yeah, that was so great. Oh, you did a good job. I'm so proud of you. And when your kids get older, looking them in the eyes and hugging them and saying, I love you. I'm proud of you. I'm glad. Like, thanks for, like, like I'm, I'm so proud that you didn't quit, that you kept working, that I saw you fall down. I was teaching my son how to ride his bike earlier this week, and, and I had a talk with him before. I said, whatever you do, son, in life, I want you to try hard things, and I want you to believe that you can do them, and I'm going to be right by your side. And he was nervous about riding his bike for the first time. And I could tell because he kept asking me to leave his training wheels on. But he, he got on the bike and he got it relatively quickly. But one of the things he kept doing was he kept falling over. And, and, and eventually I had him try to start get going. Like, oh, like well, you know, when we first started, I would push him off. But after a while, I, I said, I said, son, I want you to learn how to get started riding your bike on your own for when I'm not out here to help you. And, and he would do that. He was trying to get started and he would fall over into the grass or he would start getting, getting going for a little bit and then he would fall into the grass. And after he was done and he got better and better and better and he came over to the side and he's excited and he's joyful. And I said, son, I'm so proud of you because even though you fell in the grass, time after time after time, guess what you didn't do? You didn't give up. You kept going. Our kids need to hear that affirmation about when they succeed. But guess what they also need to hear? They need to hear affirmation just about who they are. 
their personalities, the uniqueness of who God has made them. Every one of your children is different with different, uh, with, 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 with different characteristics. And, 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 and some of them are, are humorous. Some of them are more serious. But you need to affirm who God has made them to be without putting them in competition with one another. You need to affirm them. Encourage mean, encouraging them regularly also means that, that you need to learn how to be a soft landing place when they make mistakes. That every mistake is, doesn't warrant uh, 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 the type of over-the-top um, discipline measures that sometimes we have a tendency to give. But we have to, uh, being encouraging to our kids means that, that we're, we show them grace when they make mistakes. And then lastly, one of the ways that you can improve or maximize your influence investment, fathers, is that you, you've, you've got to learn how to set up your life so that you can make room for interruptions. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta give times. Like I, I know we, t we tell, like you gotta work hard. You gotta be a good steward of your time. You gotta maximize every opportunity that God puts before you. But listen, as, as you're working in, in your office or as you're working in your room, leave the door open. Let your kids wander in every once in a while. Let them come in and ask you a question, what are you working on? Let them ask you about a book on your shelf. Let them just sit at your feet and play with their toys while you work. Make room for interruptions so that you're communicating to them that there's never a time where I'm not too busy for you. Now, 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 I know generally speaking, you know, there are times where you got to get on a sensitive phone call or, or, or where you really need to focus in and zoom in on what you're trying to get done and accomplish. But fathers, we need to make, we need to make regular uh, uh, interruptions um, normative in our homes. We should be leaving the door open more than we're closing them so that our kids can come in and, 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 and have special moments with us that wouldn't have taken place if we didn't make room for interruptions. So all of, these, all of these things, all of these little things are deposits that we are making over time and over time and over time into the lives of our children that they will carry with them forever. You know, the funny thing about grass is that all of those steps that I mentioned in the beginning, that, you know, aeration and seeding and watering and um, and taking time to spend on particular sections of the grass. You know, you, you can do all of those steps, and sometimes the grass just doesn't respond. You know, you can go back and troubleshoot and try to assess every problem that you can think of of why this grass isn't growing. And sometimes, despite all that you've invested, the grass just doesn't respond the way that you thought it should. I just want to encourage you today, fathers. Even though the grass may not be responding the way that you thought it should, keep making those investments. Because those investments that we're making, those are faith investments. And every single deposit that you make into the life of your child, into the life of your family is a prayer-filled action of entrusting them 
to the one in whom they ultimately belong. So no matter what you do, make those deposits. Keep pressing forward by the grace of God because your families are depending on you to flourish because of your commitment to God and commitment to walk in his ways. Father, God, we thank you and we love you and we praise you because you are, you are the ultimate father. You're the father that's greater than the father we never knew. Even the best dad that we could come up with here on earth doesn't, doesn't even stand a chance when compared to you. We thank you for your patience with us, your love with us, how you've given us dignity and worth and value, how you reaffirm us in your son, Jesus Christ. So God, I, I pray, Lord, that, that as men hear this word today, that as I hear this word today, we would take a page from your playbook, that we would invest ourselves into really being like you because we've gotten to know you through spending time with you. We've gotten to know you through spending time in your word. And that the overflow of the blessed life of the man who's committed himself to the ways of God would just overwhelm our families. That they would be overwhelmed by the grace of God in their lives. That they would be overwhelmed by the love of God in their lives. And that we would be overwhelmed because you have used us by your grace and for your glory to do something incredible in the lives of our closest intimate relationships that cannot be manufactured anywhere else in this world. And so God, we thank you, we praise you, and we bless your name this day. In Jesus' name we do pray, amen. Amen and amen. We just wanna say again, God bless you. Thank you for joining with us today and happy Father's Day. Grace and peace. Hello, this is Dr. Eric Mason, founder and pastor of Epiphany Fellowship. Thank you for tuning in today. Hopefully the word of God was a blessing to you. Also, if you want to help us build the kingdom from Philly and beyond, particularly in inner cities, partner with us today. And if you don't know Jesus as Savior, based on his death, burial, and resurrection, place your confidence in him and go from spiritual death to spiritual life. Tune in next time so we can see you go from spiritual infancy to spiritual maturity. God bless you. Take care. We love you.